So I'm a scientist. And I'm not, but I'm curious about science. She asks a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions. And it's always fun for me to explain complex science in understandable ways. So So we made made a podcast. podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to So I Married a Scientist. Thank you for joining us for another episode. All right, Mel, what do you have for us this week? Well, this is something I've been wanting to ask you about since we met. All right. Because I believe on our first date... Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You dropped in casual conversation the fact that you are a certified laser expert. And first of all, I've never heard you tell anyone this. And second of all, I feel like if I was a certified laser expert... I would be dropping that in casual conversation all the time. Like I would be like, hey, can you pass the butter? And also, do you remember that I'm a certified laser expert? That's what I would do. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm thankful that you're not a laser expert because that (laughs) would get kind of annoying. Uh, (laughs) Second of all, I think we're misrepresenting the terminology. I am a trained laser safety officer which means that I am aware of what the technology is and how it works and how to keep people safe when they're using lasers, I would not be able to build a laser. Okay, but could you manage lasers as in when we go on our world tour for our band, Spider Goats, could you oversee the laser show that will be part of our concerts? I would be able to select and implement laser systems that are safe and look pretty and aren't going to put people in the front row at risk of being blinded. Great. This is why we need you around. Okay. Yeah, for our band. But, okay, so you just said safe. So there's such a thing as safe and not safe lasers. Correct. I'm assuming, especially because I know some... I'm familiar with laser pointers, like for PowerPoint presentations. Yes, and there are safe and unsafe versions of laser pointers, which we can get into. Yeah, I feel like you should make a PowerPoint presentation about this and then use laser pointer to talk about laser pointers. Do you think laser pointers... I've done that. Have you really done that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I created a laser safety training that included laser pointers. And you used a laser pointer? Mm -hmm. Yes, you did. That's my guy. So, okay. So lasers... So you're not an expert in lasers. What does it take to become an expert in lasers? I think most people would say that a laser expert designs, builds, and uses lasers. Okay, so you would just be in the uses lasers. I advise people on how to use the lasers safely. So you're more than a laser hobbyist. <laughs> Is there such a thing as a laser ho- hobbyist? Yes. Yeah, people ho- hobby with lasers. Yes. Yeah. Like, can you go to Hobby Lobby and buy a hobby laser? No. Okay, let's get back to the science questions. Okay, so my first question of the day is this. Why is laser not spelled with a Z? Because I'm pretty sure I've been misspelling laser my entire life. Okay, very clear reason for that. Laser is an acronym. What? Yeah, so... (laughs) I didn't think you were going to have an actual answer for this question. Yeah, no, laser is an acronym. It stands for Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. Okay, let me do it. Light Amplification by Stimulated... Laser emission, light amplification by simulated laser. No, there's no laser in there. (laughs) Light amplification amplification by stimulated emissions emissions radar of radiation. Radiation. Yeah. They're radiation. Well, 
in the radiation in this case is talking about waves that include the visible spectrum and non-visible spectrum of light. So this is not radiation like Chernobyl. This is radiation like I just went to the gl- the gym and I'm radiating positive energy. So the radiation involves photon release. So you are sending a, a little pew, 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 a little thing. Photons. A little photon, a little particle. Or a wave. Yeah. Or so photons have dual properties. So in quantum mechanics, you call it the wave-particle duality, which means that in some cases they act like waves, in other cases they act like particles. For the case of lasers, we're going to treat them like waves. I attempted to take a quantum physics class in college, but it was like, it wasn't quantum physics. It was like ideas of quantum physics, I'm pretty sure. Okay. The science department was like trying to do like some good PR for non-science students. Right. So I took this class Mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand it, but we did talk about the wave-particle duality. Okay. And how scientists somewhere did some... It might have involved Einstein. It originated with Einstein. Einstein. Hey, I remembered something. Thank you, that professor that yeah. I don't remember your name. Ooh. Uh, he was great, though. One time he brought in a big vat of liquid nitrogen, and he asked people to give him stuff, and he just started freezing and smashing it. But we weren't wearing safety glasses, and yeah. so it wasn't very safe, but it was fun. Yeah, that makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah, but anyway. Well, they if, you were, if you remember it, there was some science applications, I guess. Yeah. He also told us that he wanted to heat people's homes with microwaves. Okay. Does that have anything to do with lasers? Well, the earliest technology for a laser was adapted from a maser. Um, a maser? Yeah. So M-A-S-E-R. Okay. Which was a microwave amplification. And it's a very similar process, similar technology but they're using microwave and radio waves instead of the visible or near IR, far IR, UV light spectrum. IR, IR. Yeah, so there are infrared lasers, there are visible optical lasers that you can see, and then there are UV lasers that are shorter wavelengths that are in the UV spectrum. There are others as well, but those are the main ones that we typically use. Okay, so that's the first thing I learned today, that there are invisible lasers. There are, yeah. Wow. All right, so let's start here. How does a laser actually work? Okay, so lasers have a very specific design. So in order to create a laser, you need a medium. And a lot of times that medium is either a gas or a crystal, So, like, there are ruby crystals that are excited by a power source. Crystal lasers? Yeah. So, they're crystals. That's like David Bowie level stuff. (laughs) Okay, but they're small. Okay. And they're long. And basically, they're in this, like, chamber. And you add energy. So, you have an energy source that stimulates the crystal or Mm -hmm. the gas or whatever you're using as the medium. That energy will excite the electrons in the medium or the gas, and that will send the electrons to different energy states. And you don't really need to know so much about the energy states because it gets complicated. But when they transition from higher energy states to lower energy states, they emit a photon. So when they're like, they're like caffeine wears off and they're like, oh, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, then they're like, here, you can have my photon. Yeah, they release a photon. Okay. And then 
because the chamber is designed in such a way that photon starts bouncing back and forth in the chamber. So on one side of the chamber, you have a full mirror. Okay. And on the other side of the chamber, you have a partial mirror. So it bounces off the full mirror and goes back toward the partial mirror. And then in some cases, the photon will be released. And in other cases, it will bounce back to the full mirror. Wait, so that's what the amplification part is. This light just bouncing back and forth between these two mirrors, one of which is a full mirror, one of which is a partial mirror. Why is it a partial mirror? What is a partial mirror? Yeah, so <laughs> it means that like a half of a some, mirror? some of the light is going to be bounced back and other light will be emitted out the mirror when so it gets a to a certain energy like, state. Like a piece of glass that has some mirror on it, but some of it can get through? It's like a slightly... Not opaque mirror. Okay. If I wanted to build a laser because yeah. I wanted to be a, a laser hobbyist, yeah. could I go to Hobby Lobby and get some laser parts? Probably not. No? You would have to get very specific mirror. Okay. So I need a ruby crystal. Specifications. And I need... Or a, a gas source, yeah. Or a gas. A power source to stimulate that. I prefer crystal. And then a full mirror and a partial mirror. Okay. All right. So the energy source that I'm putting in, is that light or is that like a battery? Or electricity. Well, in the case of the handheld lasers, it's a battery. In the case of really high-scale industrial lasers, that would be a pretty high-voltage energy source, okay. like a specific outlet. Well, I guess that makes sense because like a laser pointer, it's not like you're holding a flashlight that has a, la a laser attachment to it. It's Correct. like there's a little battery in there. Okay, so the little battery sends, let me see if I can get this right, sends energy to something inside of there like a crystal. Yep. Or a gas. Mm -hmm. What is it like in laser pointers? What is it? Um, the most common gas is a helium neon laser. All right. So you can break it in. But it's there are like CO2 dangerous. lasers that are very powerful. There are neodymium crystal lasers that neodymium are pretty crystals? cool. Neodymium crystals? And then what? the ruby crystals and all that kind of stuff. All right. So the little battery or the big battery or the big power source goes into the crystal or the gas. And then... The electrons in that crystal or gas get very excited, and then they come back down, and they're like, here, you can have my proton, and the protons go into the photon, chamber. Photon, not proton. Protons. Then the photons go into the chamber, and they go, nee, 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 and they bounce around. Yep. And then uh, between the two mirrors, but the one mirror is a partial mirror, and sometimes they get through, and that's how you can see the laser coming through. Yeah, when they reach a certain energy state, then they, they shoot can out. get through the partial mirror, and oh. then they go in a straight line. And then it goes pew, pew, pew. Yeah. So lasers have three very distinct properties. Okay. And it's all based on the medium that you're using. Okay. So Wait. like different medium will have a different wavelength. B based on the frequency of light that you can see or not see? So that medium will have their electrons emit a photon with a very specific wavelength. Oh, specific to that particular laser, not to other lasers. Correct. In that laser, it's all this. That's why I like... Every single laser has a very specific wavelength. It's very distinct, and it's based on the medium. So each medium has a distinct wavelength. So every helium-neon laser is going to have the same wavelength. So it's going to look, if you can see it, it's going to look a very distinct... Color. Color. Yeah, that if you can see it. doesn't change. Right. All right. All right. So then the light is also all traveling in the same direction. So it's called unidirectional. Okay. That one I is clear is to understand. Very easy to understand. Yes. The final one is that it's coherent, 
which means that all of the waves are in phase with each other. So they all peak at the exact same time and they all trough at the exact same time. So when you visualize them going through space, they're just kind of in this very synchronous kind of swimming motion. So if you could slow a laser way down, like like way down, yeah. you would be able to see the little up and down? Uh, I don't know if we have the technology to do that, but sure. Slow it way down and zoom it way in. Yeah, so all the photons would be behaving in that wave the exact same way. And th- those properties are important because, A, it's all the same wavelength, B, it's all going in the same direction, and C, it's all coherent. So you're able to produce a ton of focused energy that all hits in one very small area. And this is why lasers are useful. It's also why powerful lasers are very dangerous. So this is why you can use lasers to like do surgery right. or remove hair because you can get Correct. them to like this a very strong amount of energy into it's a very tiny very area. very focused yeah. and very specific and packs a lot of punch. How does laser surgery actually work? Because that just seems wild that you can take this thing and shine it somewhere and heal someone's eyes. Well, yeah. So powerful lasers have the ability to cut through things. Yes. So you're using photons to basically just like sear through whatever up to and including really thick steel. So like industrial powered lasers basically go through whatever they want. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, And also kind of terrifying when you actually see it in action. Yeah. So in the case of laser hair removal, you're basically just frying the hair follicles so they die. Great. But that's why you get like skin irritation after that treatment. Because you're burning yourself. Right. And then in surgery, you're literally using the laser to cut tissue. Okay. That makes sense to me because you're, you know, you're just putting a bunch of energy in there and then whatever you're trying to cut is like, okay, fine. You win. But can it do anything else besides cut stuff or burn stuff? Oh, totally. Yeah. So lasers are used for communications. So fiber optic networks are all laser based. They are? And they use lasers to communicate. A lot of the micro chips in computers are laser based. The barcode scanners are lasers. The DVD-R writing technology is all laser-based. The reason why DVD players work is because it scans the disc with a laser, and that's how you get CDs are the same way. That's the technology. It's all laser-based. Do you remember laser discs Were you when you were a kid? Yeah, they're uh, CDs. I'm old enough to remember laser discs. They were like giant, like they look like records. Okay. If do you know what a record is, kids? A record. <laughs> but then they were just like big CDs. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So basically instead of using the needle to read the grooves, you're using a laser to a read laser. the grooves. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't last very long. No. Um range finders. So like the things that you use in golf or hunting or whatever to figure out how far away you are from something, that's an IR laser. Infrared. So you can't see it. Yeah. And it kind of travels, bounces off whatever you're aiming at, and then comes back. And since the speed of the laser is the speed of light, you know exactly how far you are based on the time that it takes to bounce back. What about like when a cop is clocking people's speed at, on the side of the road? Mm-hmm. That's is a that laser. A, that's a laser? Mm-hmm. There's lasers everywhere. I had no idea. Yeah. That's cool. There are lasers in 
tons of different applications, including military weapons are laser-based now because they, again, can target a ton of energy into a small area. So some of the missile defense systems are based on lasers because you can lock onto the missile and then heat it up really fast and have it blow up before it gets to you. Amazing applications to this technology. Yeah. Do we have any lasers in our house right now? DVD player? Tons. Tons? Yeah. We have a laser pointer for Benny to run around with. We do. He yeah. likes chasing that. He never gets tired. The DVD we have. Computers? Computers. Yeah. We have a printer. Laser printer. Does that actually mean laser? Like there's lasers in there? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they wouldn't be able to say it if it wasn't really a laser. No. But how does it how does it work? Like Yeah, I don't know the the nuts and bolts of the laser printer, but okay. my guess is that the laser is guiding the ink. Yeah. Maybe like but it wouldn't burn it cuz we would smell <laughs> we would smell burning paper. Yeah, it's definitely not <laughs> laser engraving <laughs> the, the paper, but it's it's definitely ink, but there are laser engravers um and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of the etching on metalware now is the laser engravement. So how does how do lasers work to like fiber optics? That's amazing. So like I, I can wrap my mind around using lasers to burn stuff, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like sending information through a laser? Yeah. I mean it's like Morse code, I think. But so just you, super fast? Yeah, I mean the frequencies on these things are nanoseconds. So hmm. You can pulse them and get different codes going on. So the laser pointer that we use for Benny. Yeah. That I assume is a safe, like non-toxic laser. What do you say for it? (laughs) Toxic is the wrong terminology. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's a class two laser. Class two. Which means that there? there are four classes of laser. All right. And class two means that it will not cause damage to your eye in the amount of time that you can blink. Oh, wow. Okay, but if you so, stare into it... So if you held up a Class two laser and stared at it long enough, m- some of them will hurt you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So this is one of the ways you can get a laser injury, is if you focus that energy on the back of your eye for long enough and people do this. <laughs> there what? are people who go to the ER all the time because they had pointer? like a challenge to <gasps> stare at the laser oh, and that's no. really dumb. That's so bad. Yeah. Why would you do that? It's like staring at the sun, but like maybe uh, worse. But yeah. It's just why why are we allowed to have these things in our home? Well, because just Don't stare at it. Yeah. You would think that common sense would take hold, but it doesn't always. <laughs> um and then so class 2 is there. Class 3B is when you start getting into dangerous territory. So there's that a three A and a three B. Well, again, class two, you're unless you like physically stare at it, and in some cases you have to stare at it for a really long time All for right. class twos. Class three A's are powerful enough to hurt you if you stare at them and basically defeat the blink response because they can hurt you in short amounts of time, but your blink response still protects you because it's like a quarter of a second or something. Okay. But you shouldn't come close to staring at these things. Like, what's a common yeah, 3B laser that we, like... Good question. So there are 3B laser pointers. Oh. And that's when you have to start being careful. Why do people need those? Well, they look cool. They do? So the more powerful the laser, the brighter it is. Oh. So a lot of times you'll hear about 
people sitting in the front rows of seminars and accidentally getting flashed by a laser. And that's because they were using a 3B laser. <gasps> and they get hurt just and being sometimes in they a can lecture? Because you, you can't blink fast enough. <gasps> now, the range on how far it's dangerous varies from laser to laser based on how powerful it is. As far as like how close you are to it? Yeah. Physically? So it's only okay. super powerful for a certain length. All right. And eventually it will diffract and diffuse. and Is that a real word? Yeah. Diffract? Diffract and diffuse, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, so it becomes safer over distance, but some of them are actually dangerous for a pretty long time. Okay. And the ones that I'm always concerned about are the green and blue ones. Why? Because 90% of green and blue lasers that I've seen are three Bs. Okay. So if you have a green so laser. you're at a seminar and someone is using a green or a blue laser, you might run want away. to move back a few rows. <laughs> okay, don't run away, but just move back. Yeah. All right. Because the chances that those are a 3B laser are pretty high. And that threshold is 5 milliwatts. So if you're ever looking at the fine print on a laser, yeah. they're, they're all stamped. If it's a legit laser, it has to be stamped with the classification and the output power. And that's in watts. So if I were to show up to a lecture where I know they're using a laser pointer mm-hmm. and I sit in the front row, but I cover myself with like a poncho, like a lead poncho and then like sunglasses, would I be safe? Like a splash no. zone at SeaWorld? No. No. So what do I need? The protective? lead poncho is ridiculous <laughs> for <laughs> class three lasers because there's no skin risk <laughs> for no a class X-ray. three There's laser. no x-rays happening. No, especially okay. if it's a visible light laser, because as we discussed, it's all one la- wavelength, and if you can see it, it's in the visible spectrum. What if it was just a fashion statement? Uh, well, I mean, do you, but the, the sunglasses probably are not specific for the wavelength. Because so this they're is something, UV sunglasses. Yes. UV protection. So this is something that gets very detailed in terms of laser safety is making sure that your lasers match up to the optical protection that you have in your laser safety goggles. So you have laser safety goggles, but they're specific to a certain wavelength. So a lot of times what happens is you switch out a laser and use a different wavelength, but you don't switch out your goggles. And in that case, you may not be as well protected as you think you are because there aren't like universal there are good goggles that cover a lot of wavelengths, but there aren't like universally protective goggles. So we talked about class two and class three B, which we're going to get to class three A. But what's class one? We didn't. We skipped it. Class one is so ridiculously low power that it's not even worth like using. The laser pointer we have for Benny is that a class two no, or a class one? No, it's a class two. It's a class two. Great. Yeah. Okay, three A lasers. What are three? Yeah, so three A lasers are between class twos and three Bs. So they're between one and five milliwatts of output power. And you can blink in the amount of time that it could cause damage. So a laser pointer could be one of three classes of lasers. It could be four. There you could are, have a level four. There are class four handheld lasers, but they're not marketed as laser pointers because they're really damaging. They're not lightsabers. They're not. Could no. we make a lightsaber? No, we don't like, have the technology. But a laser that would stop at a certain point? No. A laser goes on until it hits something. So if you point a laser into the sky, yep. it goes to infinity and beyond? Actually, yeah. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. So, so like someone on the moon could be like technically like, oh, they're pointing a laser down Yeah, there. I mean, if you think about what the light waves are, it's very similar to radio waves and other 
frequencies. It's just a smaller wavelength. So that's how we communicate with satellites and all that kind of stuff. With lasers. Or radio waves, but they're similar from a physics standpoint in how they behave. So a, th- a level four laser, yeah. that's the real, like Superman's laser vision where he can blow stuff up with the laser eyes. It would, that would be a level four laser. Yes. If, if it, if it, it causes real. fire, if it, cause, if it yeah. goes through anything, if it causes damage quickly, that's definitely, definitely Super- a class four laser. Superman level yeah. laser. And some of these get into the hundreds, if not thousands of watts. So we're talking hundreds of thousands of times stronger than the little class two and class three A laser pointers that we have around. I recently heard that they might be expecting a big asteroid to hit Earth at some point. But could we build a giant laser and blow it up before it gets to our atmosphere? The energy source that would have to stimulate the medium for that would be very, very, very insane. But thousand, you said thousands of watts. So, like, we. Could but that's that's it, what is emitted by the photons that are going through. Oh, not the energy. It's you're not putting the in. energy that you're putting in. Okay, so when you said if amplification earlier, power, when you said amplification earlier, it actually yeah. amplifies the energy that you're putting in. It takes it like, like a microphone with sound. Like you, you yeah. have a normal voice, very but then similar. it amplifies it and makes it huge. Yeah. And loud. So if you've ever had feedback from a like mic check or something and when it, it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. That amplification is a similar principle. You're just doing it in between two mirrors. How as, does as it actually amplify though? Yeah, so the amplification is in the photons. So you're c- continually energizing the medium source and that is going to constantly produce photons as you're energizing it and those photons are going to bounce back and forth. So each bounce back cycle you're adding more and more photons to the mix, and that will increase the overall energy of the laser. And that's all driven by the specifications of the partial mirror. So the energy threshold that allows escape through the partial mirror dictates how powerful your laser is. So if the partial mirror is really hard to get through, it's yeah. going to be a more powerful laser. And it's going to keep bouncing back and forth until it hits that threshold. So if it's a very stubborn mirror, you're going to get a ton of energy built up before it releases. So how come lasers, when you turn on a laser pointer, doesn't it seem like it would need some time to heat up or something? Like to start getting the protons going? Well, Or it just happens so fast that like it's instant? It happens really fast. And there's no light emission until you hit that threshold. And then once you're at that threshold, it stays. So for super big lasers, do they take time to, wor- to start emitting? light they take time to power up power up but once they break through the partial mirror they're consistent they're going yeah Yeah. and some lasers are not continuous wave so in some crystals they pulse instead of emit a continuous wave so those are pulse lasers instead of continuous wave all right so back to our world tour concert if I'm at a concert and there's a bunch of lasers flying around, should I be worried about multiple lasers in the same place? Or is it more just like one laser equals damage, but you're not like going to concentrate the lasers? Yeah, in most cases, because the waves are coherent, they're not going to amplify Each once other. they're outside of the laser. So if you have multiple colors of lasers, they're not going to just magically kind of mix and become more dangerous. Become a super laser. Yeah. 
But could you create a super laser? Could you take like eight lasers of all the same exact type of laser, put it into a laser chamber and then heat up the crystal with a laser and then the crystal creates a so like a multi-wavelength laser? No, I'll be the same wavelength. They would all be the same. So you take a bunch of the identical lasers and the same wavelength, put them in there together and then create a super laser. So you just power a laser with another laser? Yes. Yeah, that exists. You power a laser with several lasers. Yeah, so we're getting away from medium-driven lasers now. We have diode lasers. Wait, you didn't even talk about diode lasers? Yeah, it's because it's harder to explain. What's honestly. a diode? <laughs> well, it's like LED is a light-emitting diode, but there are ways to amplify diode-driven light to make it like a laser. That's cool. Yeah. It's just not, it's not like a medium source. It's not like you're stimulating a medium. You're just using electronic amplification. What happens when you power a laser with a laser though? I mean, you're still getting the same amplification chamber. Theoretically, you can just deliver more energy to a smaller area to stimulate the medium more. Could you, with lasers, do you get different sizes of lasers? Like, you know, like I imagine the lasers they use for LASIK eye surgery are like very teeny tiny. But then like the laser that we shine on the floor for Benny, that's like a good centimeter width. Well, that depends on the optics after the laser. So like there are mirrors and lenses and all that kind of stuff afterwards. Afterwards. So after after the light beam is emitted outside of the chamber... You can manipulate it with mirrors and lenses. And you can scatter it. it. You can you can defract it. You can it. focus it more. You can change oh. its focal length. There are a lot of things you can do with it. So you can take a laser and shine it through, like a magnifying glass, like you would use to like. Yeah, but that's devast- yeah, That's scary. Do not do that. Yeah. So anytime you magnify the optics of a laser, you're changing the power. Okay. Because you're refocusing it and potentially making it stronger. So light magnification tools in the presence of lasers is actually a pretty big hazard. So you should not be wearing eyeglasses while working with lasers? Well, you need laser-specific goggles. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make contact lenses that would protect your eyes from lasers? Could they? I wouldn't rely on those. Yeah. Because some of the lasers will hit the retina... Some of the lasers will hit the lens. Some of the lasers will hit your cornea. And it depends on how far they penetrate. But the damage can be pretty severe. Like one of the most terrifying lasers that I'm aware of is a UV laser that's specific to the 308 nanometer wavelength. And that's because if it hits your lens, it causes like this reaction that basically gives you instant cataracts because it resonates in the lens (gasps) and that's terrifying that is oh i don't like stuff wrong with my eyes i just can't so that's another thing too is like some of the research out there is done with very powerful infrared lasers so if you have a class four infrared laser you can't you can't see it so if it hits your eye you don't know well you know because it hurts you know but ir lasers can heat things up and cause fires and stuff. But the biggest issue oh, is that in the alignment process, you have to use like these specific cards or, you know, use a guide beam. So like you can use a visible light laser to 
guide the beam to to get an invisible. So you, you laser. basically align it with the vis- with a low power visible light laser, and then you turn on the IR laser. Why or would you, you can see it with these cards that change what you can perceive. But why would you choose to use a non-visible laser if that if it's that much work? Because some of them are very specific applications and they like require what? the IR. Yeah, so a lot of the medical use lasers, like the laser hair removal and therapeutic lasers that are aimed at, you know, helping out with aches and pains and those types of things are class four IR lasers, which is why they are able to do what they do, but you don't want them to be sitting around on your skin for very long and they need to be used very carefully. The other thing that they do typically is they make the focal point very narrow, which means that it's not going to travel in a beam for a long period of time. They basically manipulate the beam to converge in a very short amount of time after it comes out of the laser. And then that means it's not damaging beyond that focal point. So they might have to put the device directly on your skin in order to get the therapeutic effect. But if you were to look at it from a few feet away, even though it's a super powerful laser, it's not at that point damaging anymore because it diverges very quickly. Hmm. So what's the craziest laser in the world? Like what's the the wildest use of a laser, most powerful laser? I think the ones in the military. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, they're used against missiles. They're mm. not used for anti-personnel. It's not. So like missile defense lasers? Yeah. So basically they would detect a missile that was coming in and then shoot a beam of light that basically superheats the missile very quickly and then it blows up. Yeah, in the 80s, uh, President Reagan was kept talking about the strategic defense initiative, basically like wanting to like cover the whole United States in like this big bubble of like missile protection. You know, this is like during the Cold War era. Did it use lasers? Well, I think this was really before laser technology developed and people just made fun of him all the time. They called it Star Wars, like he was trying to get Star Wars going. Uh, and now it's like clearly a thing that we do, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean. He was yeah. proven right. I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, is there any last things we should know about lasers? I think use them the way that they're intended (laughs) and (laughs) respect them so that you don't injure yourself or others. Don't just arbitrarily shoot them into the sky. Don't do that. There are planes and other things up there that will get affected by them. Really? Oh, yeah. You hear reports all the time of people shining pilots with lasers. And that's a really bad thing to do. Oh gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know that could hurt them. From oh yeah, because it goes to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Wow. So. All right. Well. Yeah. Now we know. Use the more you know lasers for their intended purpose and keep them, you know, out of people's eyes. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us and ask your questions about lasers or tell us something about lasers that we didn't cover. You can email us at soimarriedascientist at gmail.com or visit our website, soimarriedascientist.com. We're on all the social medias. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Music by Lemonfest. Logo and marketing by Cambridge Creative Group. Edited and produced by Corey and Mel. See you next time.